0: and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week I've got a great conversation I'd like to share with you with Kelly Wood, who is the provost of Alt MBA. If Alt MBA sounds familiar to you, which it should, It's because Alt-MBA was a sponsor of this program for a large portion of the summer last year in 2017, as well as a little bit into the fall. And if you remember anything about it, it is an amazing alternative education program for adults created by Seth Godin. And I won't go into a sales pitch for it, but I have a huge amount of respect for it and what they are doing over there. In this conversation with Kelly, you'll hear us talk about what education is for How we need to start unlearning what it is we have learned. The power of quitting... And we go into other lessons found in Seth Godin's book, The Dip. We talk about how soon is too soon to quit, knowing what to quit, knowing the right time to quit, even talking about the word quit or quitting and why it feels like you're accepting failure when in fact what it is is you're closing a chapter on one portion or even shutting down an experiment that didn't work and that there's no shame in that. And talk about the language that surrounds that and why we need to change up our vocabulary there as well. So, I know you're going to get a ton out of this conversation. I know that I did. So, enjoy this conversation with Kelly Wood. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, Kelly Wood. Kelly, welcome to the show.
1: Eric, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. You have
0: uh, an interesting <laughs> position. You are, now, What what is what is the official title for your position at Alt-MBA?
1: great question. (laughs) On my business card, I'm provost, uh, but I have done absolutely every job um, within Alt-MBA from getting it started. So I've been a coach. I have designed the operations. I've helped support with everything from sending out the textbooks and being the mailroom to doing the entire strategy about uh, hiring and staffing and running the entire program. So uh, pick, pick what the the topic was and i've I've been a part of it so i have lots of experience and i think that that's part of the startup mentality is is you know what what is what needs to be done what's the most important thing to be able to keep us going and how do we present the best version of ourselves so provost by by day jack of all trades um in between
0: well and isn't that usually how it goes especially when you're in that kind of startup mode
1: or mentality right Absolutely. it's. Uh, I've been a part of a four startups, and you just know that you have to love the project. I know that one of the things that we're set to talk about today is quitting, but I think a huge part of that on the opposite side of the spectrum is just love. And the love of what you're doing makes you you know, full of passion and enthusiasm and pushes you through all the hard parts. So it's, uh, it's definitely part of uh, being in love with the project that you're working on that helps you get it across the chasm.
0: So as provost... And we'll pick that one. Uh, and Provost and more of yeah. <laughs> Alt-MBA. And, and listeners of this show should be familiar if you've been listening for a while. Alt-MBA was a sponsor that we were incredibly grateful for for most of last summer and into the fall. I'd love for you to just give maybe a high level, but then even like remind us what Alt-MBA does and what the program is like, because it's pretty extraordinary.
1: Absolutely. Uh, for those of listeners that do know him and those um, who are listening that are looking for somebody who's there to truly provoke them, Seth Godin is uh, is the mastermind behind the program who had written it. And I highly recommend the talk that changed my life and, and the one that Seth and I really came together about was his TED talk that was called What is School For? And he gave it at the Brooklyn Free School. The, his assertion is, is that he wants to fundamentally change the way that education is running, especially within the United States and the industrialized mindset of what education was for back in the 1800s, 1900s, and even the 20th century, and now looking at what the digital economy and the connection economy has done, and especially the, the you know, the, you don't even need to be in a building anymore to learn. So his uh, his TED Talk profoundly changed the way that learning has been done online, and we've we've had incredible success. Clay Christensen from Harvard Business Review asserted, uh, you know, in November that in, I think it's in 10 to 15 years, that 50% of the U.S. institutions Institutions uh, for formal education would be bankrupt, and uh, it's everything that's happening online—the way that people are connecting, and the way that the the traditional way of learning is breaking down. And Seth has made an assertion about how learning can happen online, and it's working.
0: Yeah, there's a number of people uh, in this space who are taking aim—not in a you know a mean way, but in a hey. Just because it's always been done this way, which in fact also is a myth, uh, which we gotta you know, just because it's been done that way for so long doesn't mean it's always been done that way, right? Like even the way school has been done, uh, again, since the like industrialized age, doesn't mean that's how it's always been done, but we think of it that way. We think of the the status quo and we we maintain it, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think it's also worth noting that one of the most misunderstood concepts in economics is the idea of ignoring sunk costs. And you can't get the you can't change the past. All that you can do is do what and make decisions that are based here now. And so many people get stuck on legacy and stuck on emotion that it that inhibit them from moving forward. And that's a massive reason. The second thing is is that so many people who are designing things don't use design thinking and ask the core question, what is it for? And if you started asking that question, everything from professionally, what is this for, to personally, what is this for? Uh, Everything changes in terms of your values, your beliefs, your criteria, and the way that you're able to navigate forward. And I think that with the introduction of the internet, not as many schools have asked that question first, they've kind of put it in as an afterthought.
0: Yeah. And I know that we're going to go there when we go into this topic that I really want to talk about with you, which is this topic of quitting. Because in that topic, there's this question of, what is it for? What is my time being used for? And then when we dig a little deeper, it's what is my time really being used for, if we're honest with ourselves. And then even asking, what could it be used for? When I think of quitting, and when I think of Seth Godin, there's a Venn diagram in my mind where his book, The Dip, pops up. And it's all about that You know, moving past the inflection point, a lot of people want to start things, you know, that's the, and and that's where a lot of entrepreneurs enter in. They're like, ooh, I want to start things. We all want to start things left and right, to be honest. But it's this question of when should we quit things that becomes even much more difficult. In, in an effect, you were just talking about that with the status quo and the sunk cost.
1: Absolutely. And i the most important question, I think one of the best things about working with Seth every single day is he lives the things that he writes. And as a writer, one of the reasons why I've always been so inspired by his work is because he truly speaks his truth and lives that way. And everything from how he designs his day to how he hires people to the work that he chooses to do. And one of the things that I've always admired so much about him is him asking the question, is it my ego that's keeping me here? And you know, you have to understand before you, you pick something, and he has an amazing mentality also of his, his career in his worldview is defined by a series of successful projects. And a lot of people get really, really married to one idea or one singular identity. But if we look at even, you know, having a series of projects, how freeing that is, and it allows us to make better decisions. And a lot of people don't know how to make really good business decisions, especially ones that strip out emotion, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Even in fact, I've had a personal experience with this decision-making process with Seth. I've actually requested and even had like email uh response with him two or three times now where he's been incredibly gracious and incredibly polite, but had to say no to being on this show. And I incredibly respect getting that no from him because one, some people wouldn't even respond and I know how busy it is. And it's impressive that he even replied. And two, the fact that he's saying at this time, this is, you know, he's, he's incredibly busy and it's doesn't align with what his goals are. I just have to echo that. Like I I see him living it, you know?
1: And he is that man behind the blog. Like that is his voice. If he shows up, it's when it's almost eerie that when you, when you go and you speak to him, one of the, his greatest gifts is he speaks like he writes and he has an, um, an extraordinary talent in being able to explain really complicated things in really simple ways. And also this, empowerment mentality of that, you know, the asking what's it for, why am I doing this and being because he's so popular, and because he's so world renowned, um, the amount of time and energy that he spends just on charity work alone, and consulting is, you know, it's at the end of the day, he's helped some of the the world's most important charities do some pretty extraordinary work, especially with acumen. So um, his time, he's so smart about his time and knows what his entire purpose is. And he's good at when we talk about quitting, it's also just being efficient about these are the projects that fulfill my mission. This is what I'm passionate about. This is how effective I can be in using my time. And here's where I'm able to make the greatest difference. So know that it's nothing personal, Eric, at all. Totally. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I totally get that. And that's exactly the way that I look at it. And in fact, in a sense, that empowered me to know that I had that power as well to look at my time, to really assess it, to really have those short-term or long-term goals, to be able to have that as kind of a decision-making rubric that when requests come in, unfortunately or fortunately, uh I have the power and ability to say no as well, as much as I'd like to be involved with all the requests that I get too. So
1: definitely it's so um it's so amazing what happens also that when you set those boundaries how uh his energy is able to be purely focused on one thing and he's always so gracious and polite about it but for anybody that's out there listening in the audience it's really important for you not always just to know what it's for and what you're for but also what you're not for and that if you do say no that that can be a sentence and it's doesn't have to be rude it can just say i'm sorry you know it's 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 where i need to spend my energy and you have a finite amount of it.
0: We're circling this question or this topic, this word even of quitting. There's a power in it we're, we're hinting at. So what for you, as far as that word quitting or that concept or even the practice of it, which is the most important, really, if we're not practicing it, what's what's the point of it? What is the power of quitting for you?
1: It's the opportunity cost of time. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where you can look at yourself and say, you know, life is short and uh, I, everybody's a human. And one of the most profound questions that I was actually taught by uh, a Buddhist monk was, does this serve you? Does this serve you? And uh, when it comes to, there's so many things in life that you can spend your time on, but it's really important sometimes to get quiet with yourself and sit down and say, here are the goals. This is who I want to be in the world. This is what I want to become. This is work that I'm proud of. And also being really honest with yourself with those questions of the sitting down and saying, who's in the audience that's influencing this? And is this really true to me? And to quit means to also sit down and say, it's okay, I'm. I, it sets boundaries so that you're able to make the greatest difference with a a finite period of
0: time. For most of us, I think this word quitting kind of equates with this other word, quitter, where we are a person who starts things but doesn't finish them. That's not necessarily what we're talking about here. In a sense, we almost ought to come up with some other word for quitting that's proactive, that's positive, that's completing the experiment or something along those lines, you know?
1: Well, I think it's that society and yourself, your defaults, especially with how we've learned is to shame and to blame ourselves, right? And what happens if you sit down and say, it's not quitting, it's focusing.
0: Yeah, or even streamlining
1: absolutely and uh, I think that it's all about the story that you tell yourself about words is going to be a huge determinant on your day and the human brain is naturally wired you know to think of negative things and it'll go there if you let it but how can you sit down and say I see you thoughts (laughs) I see you and uh, I choose differently and telling yourself a positive story is going to ask any marathoner how much that they need to love kilometer 32 (laughs) right (laughs) and uh, a really good friend of mine is a is a marathon And uh, I remember talking to him and I and it was the first time that he had ever done it. And I said, you know, how are you doing afterwards? And he said, honestly, by the time I hit kilometer 32, sorry, I'm a Canadian, I use kilometers. Uh, He said, by the time that I hit kilometer 32, I had to dedicate each kilometer to somebody else in my life that I loved. That the lactic acid in my my legs was so excruciating that I needed something bigger than myself to keep going. And uh, again, it's like the story that you tell yourself and where can you focus your energy on the positive thing. And any endurance athlete will, will tell you that for sure.
0: Well, and see, there's the rub because some people will think, <laughs> well, if you don't follow through on whatever this thing is – to the end point of when you originally you know, drew the line in the sand. So for a marathon, it'd be that, that finish line. They would say, well, then you don't have endurance. You're a quitter.
1: And that's power that you're giving them, right? So the more power that you give somebody else is the more power that they have over you. So you can sit down and say, did I run this race for me? And uh, I'm the one that's shaming myself and deciding that I'm a failure. And so I think it's that that narrative is, is something that obviously so many why people meditate and, and why, you know, yoga is so powerful and Buddhism is is made such an impact on society is, is that can you have the self-awareness and that at the very core before you even start thinking about quitting the first step is self-awareness and forgiveness of yourself because i think that there's a lot of perfection and competition and marketing influence of society of things that we should be as well as shaming and blaming from ourselves and from others and that's that those are just stories and if you can get control over that and organize that you can kind of hone in on your own frequency and focus forward
0: Mm, that's a good approach. If we're going about this the right way, if we're using positive dialogue internally, and we have you know the right perspective on it as we're going through it from start of a perspective of, hey, will this work? Is this is an experiment? Yes, I'd like to see if this can go to completion. But like, if we treat it as an experiment, whatever the it is then it becomes a little bit easier to assess the questions of how soon is too soon to quit or knowing what to quit or when the right time is to quit, right?
1: Definitely, and again, this comes back to self awareness, which is: can you create safety valves, and be aware of your escape valves, and check yourself before you quit something that has long term potential just because you can't deal with the stress at the moment? And we've all done this on a you know never quit your job on your worst day, and you know when your relationship is at its hardest part, you know is that really the moment that you quit? But uh, I, I really, really think that self awareness is the single most important things that you can develop as a leader within modern society.
0: And I think it's also probably different in terms of quitting when it's a short term or a long term goal that we have, right?
1: definitely. I think uh, there are a couple things, actually, examples from the dip, which uh, I'm going to echo back, which were really helpful to me, which were um, the the first one was Microsoft as a case study. The entire company uh, relentlessly changed their tactics, but never, ever quit on their big ideas. So Microsoft failed with Windows twice, four times with Word, three times with Excel. Um, the, The things that we think are overnight successes, they really aren't. They just spent their Saturday nights and their Wednesdays very differently than we did. And we didn't notice them until that they finally hit mass market. And, you know, the same thing goes for the iconic story of Joe Biden in 1988, when he was running for president, and he quit over a really, really trivial issue. And he didn't something as simple as he didn't give proper uh, attribution to a quote in a speech. And, you know, uh, how powerful that that short term pain or that short term impact, he didn't hit the dip and didn't, you know, and what life for him would have been like if he ended up just persevering and keep going through. So I'm sure he's thought back to that moment. And we've all had moments in our lives going, you know, if I'm really in this, you know, what do I set And the the world or the market or your team? They're looking for signals that you're serious and that you're powerful and that you're safe and that, you know, they're with you on the ride. So um, I think it's the difference between understanding, you know, the strategy and the big idea or getting caught up in the moment, because that short term pain has so much more impact over us than us seeing the long term benefits. And that's where vision boarding and, and knowing that you're truly in love with your idea really kicks.
0: I know another aspect that you have is uh, when it comes to goals is this idea of give up goals or go up goals.
1: Yeah, how um, I think it's really important to look at your habits. So for example, I quit Facebook, and uh, what an incredibly liberating choice. And being really honest about when I'm engaging with social media, it's that does this serve my go up goals or my give up goals. So a lot of people so focus so much energy on going forward, but we have the opportunity cost of time. So what can you also quit? So for example, is it you know, for a while, let's say for the sake of argument, you want to go to take an extra course? Are you willing to give up three hours worth of Netflix a night? And are you willing to, you know, just being really aware of your habits. And if you're aware of your habits, then you can change them. And it's really important, again, coming back to the place of that default behaviors versus living with intent and being really focused with your energy.
0: A give up goal would be what are you willing to give up In, in this in your example, it would be giving up the Netflix to and then go a go up goal would be what was an example of that again?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, so let's say for the sake of argument, um, uh, a big one for me of quitting was, uh, you know, obviously I don't have TV anymore and I wanted to read more. So I was willing to give up my TV habit. I was willing to also give up my Facebook habit in also so that I could also be a part of Seth's team and get through a startup that I was really, really proud of and do work that I was proud of. So they go hand in hand. But if you're going to set go up goals, which is the person that you want to become, what's also the old story about yourself that you're willing to leave behind? And it's also worth noting, it's you know, going back to a place I before I worked for Seth, Uh, I had my own illustration company and I loved it. And uh, the being aware of pride. So for example, I started out with a really simple simple business model just to get started. And I picked greeting cards because I did a $100 startup out of my living room and I wanted to just learn about the fundamentals of business. And I was willing to have people laugh at me or say, oh, she's never gonna make it for the sake of understanding what I was truly building was a brand that represented me and my values. And at the end of the day, Seth, when I got into the interview, with him, he was able to look at all of my values and all of my um, you know, work ethic and tenacity because I had a freestanding resume. I didn't even need a piece of paper. So I was willing to also give up uh, the notion of what people thought for the sake of my go-up goal, which was how do I build something bigger than myself and stand out from everybody else?
0: Well, and it sounds like as you relay that story back to me that it wasn't about, again, uh, the, the the quitting it wasn't about, "Oh, I didn't make it," so I stopped because I, I quote, "failed." It was more about flipping the page and turning, you know, in a book to a brand new chapter, a new thing, closing out an old thing to do a new thing.
1: Yeah, it's what is it for? It's again, coming back to design thinking. So for me, it was that who did I want to be in the world and what was the difference that I wanted to make? And I was willing to let that frequency and that power have more weight than anybody else in the audience. Um, and also learn how to eat everything in my fridge, but, um, <laughs> I wouldn't trade any of those hours or any of that hard work and that blood, all those blood, sweat and tears for anything.
0: checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash beyond. There's a lot of risk involved when it comes to quitting because even if you're fully sure, you know, in your head or your heart or vice versa, the other one might not be on board, right?
1: Definitely. I highly recommend the essay that was written by Andy Dunn. It's one of my favorite medium essays, and he's the founder of Bonobos. The, uh, it's an American company. But um, anyway, one of the things, his essay was called The Risk Not Taken. And when he he graduated Stanford Business School, and he was offered this really fancy job, and he calls it the decision elf. The decision elf came to him in the shower and saying, you know, kind of provoking his fear. And it's that it was, what are you really here to accomplish? And the safety job, whether it was $200,000 a year or did I really want to do a startup the voice kept coming back and and talking about the risk not taken the risk not taken and uh, he ended up starting up and got to hit the hit the power lines when it came to his cash flow a few times and they asked the question uh, at the time when he was speaking with some of his friends when things were really bad and they said you'll always have a place to sleep you can always sleep on our couch and uh, he said at the end he's like I slept on that couch many times so it's worthy of asking the question about risk and what's your safety kit and my uh, partner Partner and I, uh, that work on Alt MBA, she and I always talk about what's our emergency plan. <laughs> at the end of the day, if everything goes, you know, goes goes awry or what happens, we always joke that we, you know, go teach spinning and, and work at Whole Foods or something. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, failure is truly defined by you, and the magnitude of that failure is truly defined by you. So, um, and quitting, and also the weight of it uh, is defined by you.
0: Well, let's keep going with that example. What if suddenly Alt-MBA had to close up shop? A lot of people would say, well, that was a failure or that didn't work. And I think that's short selling it, right? Because in the end, it may be that it's not that it doesn't work. It's that maybe it wasn't the right time. And you can always sit down, assess, put it in the funnel to come back around later and then do it when it will work even better, right?
1: Well, I think, again, it's very also very similar to the notion of that, you know, if you operate under people's expectations and what they're looking for, you're never going to be free. So asking the question, what does success look like? So if you're asking us, you know, did we fail, you know, if we didn't take 10 million in venture capital funding and make it and completely disrupt the world, you know, that's not a failure to us. I know that when Seth and I defined what success would look like, it was a thousand times over. We will take students that we're proud of. We'll take people that we're proud of. We'll do work that we're proud of and ones that are in line with our values. And that if people are willing to look at us, we're more than happy to say it's OK that we're not for you. So again, it's that it's again how much power that you let other people determine about you and your quote unquote failures, uh, because we've already succeeded. in when it comes to to getting this off the ground
0: ultimately, if somebody that's listening is out there, and they're listening to this conversation, and they're like, man, they're talking about me, I've had this one or two things in my life that like, I know long term, if I keep doing them, maybe I can make it work. But right now, I'm just not sure. But I don't have the courage, you know, the thoughts and the emotions of pulling the trigger to even consider quitting something. Like, how do they deal with those thoughts and those emotions?
1: One of the things that we teach in Alt-MBA, which is so powerful, is how to make good decisions. And one of the most powerful questions that you can ask is, how is this decision making me feel right now? And the other notion that's so powerful is, is that to write clearly is to think clearly. And if we don't get it out, that story is just going to keep spinning around and around in our head. And so if we're in a situation, we're sitting down and saying, you know, this decision right now, or this company makes me feel frustrated, or or this person makes me feel frustrated, or insecure, or unsafe, or whatever it is, how can you unpack that and at least put shine a light on it so that you're aware of it and understand how much that you're contributing to this? How much are you fueling this versus what the reality is because that's the only way that you're going to be able to be objective about it again it's that it's really really easy to spin in your head and a lot of really really successful entrepreneurs or thought leaders they write stuff down so that they can have a you know a checkpoint and saying okay is this just a moment thing and is this going to fade or is there a period of relationships or a period of, of patterns or you know is this something that's happening over the course of time and is that something that's within my power to change it
0: yeah That's a good, that's a good way of dealing with it. I often will do the David Allen GTD brain dump where I'll go to a coffee shop, get a cup of coffee to kind of get me a little bit more anxious than, and, and so that the, the emotions rise even a little bit higher. And then I'll sit there with a pad of paper and a pen and, and not do it digitally and just say, okay, as these thoughts come to mind, like start writing them down. And ultimately, I think what we come to is flipping a switch almost, right? Where. Some of the thoughts and the emotions can can have a negative impact, but ultimately there's a bigger risk of not quitting.
1: Absolutely. And I think that that's what the dip's all about. But at the end of the day, you know, what are you what are you here to accomplish? And it's a project that you're passionate about. And, you know, how can you in your worst moment, I think uh, two things are which are true. And and a lot of people have talked about this from both Seth or Gary Vaynerchuk, which is you are the sum of the five people that you're around. At the end of the day, those people, uh, how can you build them to be who you who are they on your best day? And who are they on your worst day? And how do you get yourself out of your own echo chamber to a place of somebody who no matter what happens, they're going to look at you without judgment. And uh, I know, But I've had I purposely created a little board of directors for me and uh, of five people that I inherently trust and have been in my life for a really long time that are also sit down and and will give me the honest truth and the hard truth and and know that it's coming from a a place of of love. But it it just helps you hold a mirror up to yourself and, uh, and make sure that you're on the right path.
0: I hadn't heard it put that way before. I've heard, you know, the, the sum of the five people, but I've not heard about it as a, you know, what are they like on your best day or your worst day? That's really cool.
1: No, I think that that's, uh, you know, a a really good friend of mine. He and I have been friends. Um, We went to business school together and we've been friends since we were 18. And uh, I've watched him barely make payroll um, by about seven minutes and run across the street with a check uh, to make that. And uh, I've also watched him grow his company to have over 80 direct reports and, you know, live in the red for a couple months. And so I think it's one of those things that, you know, I know who he was to me uh, when I first got started and had $117 in my bank account and said, hey, listen, I'm going to go start a green company. And he said, okay, Kel, how do I help? And um, the people that asked the question of who, how can I help? And uh, especially in your worst moments, because there were some really scary ones. And obviously, especially when you have your critics come out, because they will. Uh, and again, it's that the critics, people who are criticizing you are not in your shoes, so they don't count. And oftentimes when people are criticizing, they're sourcing from a place of fear or something that they wish that they could be doing. And again, it's just, Setting boundaries, awareness, being being smart with the people that you surround yourself with and know that the people that you want to surround yourself with are also people that you can have a healthy relationship to support yourself through uh, the hardest parts.
0: And these are not easy things to set up or easy questions to suddenly have revelational answers to. It's you got to do the homework.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I think it's also you have to fail one of my colleague that i work with every day uh, her name is marie and she has a she always laughs all the time and when we fail she said you know living and learning living and learning right and if you take every single failure that you have as an opportunity to learn and take the shaming out of it and say okay next time i know i'm going to be able to do it better failing is only a failure if you let it be
0: I I keep thinking, man, I wish there was also a better word for the word failure as well. Well, Like, you know, like that was that that was that was an iteration that was, uh, you know, like that was uh, one hurdle. And now we'll we'll figure out how to jump it next time or something. I don't know. There's there's got to be somebody listening who's better with words than me. But uh, ultimately, (laughs) yeah, I think.
1: Yeah, no, but it comes all from the indoctrinized mentality, industrialization of, uh, of education. And that's one of the things that Seth's trying to change. And so one of the things that we do at Alt-MBA is we purposely don't give grades and how traumatizing it can be to a kid that's failing physics in grade 10. And then, you know, we, you don't account for anything else and how much power that a number gives over these people in defining their worth. So I think it's that that whole mentality of failure really comes from education You know, and especially from people around you that have different expectations and stuff. And so it's all about personal resilience and strength and defining life on and how to live it on your own terms.
0: Yeah. And effectively uneducating ourselves from the education (laughs) we got.
1: Yeah. Unlearning.
0: (laughs) Yes. I know that, again, this the audience that listens to this show is prime candidates of people that would be attending Alt-MBA, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about what sessions maybe you guys have coming up and when people can inquire about that. I mean, I'd just love to point people to get more information towards Alt-MBA because I think it's a great idea and it's a great program.
1: I have to say, um, you know, I went to business school. I went to an extraordinary business school. And uh, for people that are curious about it and, and have asked about it, because obviously Alt MBA, MBA is in the word. And from somebody who went to business school, this program, I learned more in four weeks than I did in four years of business school. And it made a mess of, of how much that I paid for my education, because it teaches you the real world skills that you need to make change happen. And it's all of the soft skills. You spend so much time in business school and, you know, in operations and economics and cost modeling and you don't use that stuff every day. The stuff that you use is how to de-escalate conflict. It's how to make good business decisions. It's honing in design thinking. It's making sure that you're aware of constraints and and helping to, you know, basically write business models that are effective and productive and can make real market change. So our next session that we have is going to be in the fall and it's truly for a place of if you want to be surrounded by people who have signed up to be the best version of themselves and are committed to doing work, this is definitely the place for you. I've been through 21... sessions uh the summer session is completely full we're going through to 23 and uh there's going to i think there's we're at 2200 students around the world 45 countries and over 645 different cities so it's one of those things where a huge benefit for so many people is is that it cracks the world that you know right open and uh, i know that my former life in toronto is no longer i'm i'm truly a global citizen because of the program our fall session our, our applications are open our first priority deadline is actually going to be on Monday, July the 2nd, and the session itself will run from October the 1st to October the 31st. But, uh, that program, especially because it's written by Seth, he's really put, if you follow his work or even if you're new to it, it's all the best thinking and most progressive thinking that he's ever done in combination with his favorite thought leaders. So if you want to learn from some of the most, you know, whether it's from Joey at MIT, uh, he talks about reference him uh, to Simon Sinek to, um, to Seth's, you know, obviously the, the linchpin mentality and, and all that kind of stuff. This is it it moves a lot faster than traditional education does. And it's, it's, it's extraordinary. I loved it.
0: Yeah. So there is still time for people to get information, consider and uh, apply and get in past that cutoff of July. What was it again?
1: July the it's Monday, July the second is the first priority deadline, and then uh, we are completely full for the summer session. But um, there, the final deadline you can find everything on altmba.com is Tuesday, August the twenty-eighth. And uh, but it's it's quite a it's quite an experience, and especially for anybody who's curious about how education can happen online. This is not a course that you digest and just read passively. It's conversation, it's connection, it's it's provoking, it's thought leadership, and it's collaboration, and it's it's extraordinary. It's a, it's completely, I, and again, before you sign up, I highly recommend also watching Seth's talk on what is school for, because it helps you understand what has been taught and how, when you go into the program, what's about to change.
0: Well, and I'll make sure to link that Ted talk up in the show notes for this episode as well. So everybody will be able to find that pretty quickly. So alt MBA, dot MBA.com is where people can go to find out more Kelly, this has been awesome. I I really uh, am just wowed by what you guys are doing. And uh, I can't wait to see what else you guys keep doing, honestly.
1: It's a privilege uh, to, to speak with you, Eric. Thanks so much for being in our corner. It's awesome to have people like you. And, uh, but it's people like you that have the guts to go out and make a difference and say, this is what I'm doing and uh, making a ruckus, as Seth would say. So you know, the work that we do is to inspire people like you. So thank you for making the time for us and, and uh, making sure that uh, we had a good chat. And hopefully that everybody that was listening today got to learn a little bit and take something from it, too.
0: So what's your opinion on quitting? Not just stopping or knowing the right time strategically to stop doing something or start doing something, but your thoughts on that word quit or quitting or the way that it can seem like, at least to others outside of you, that you're giving up and how that may not be right. Do you have that self-awareness to be able to adjust your vocabulary moving forward? I think that's the biggest lesson for me that I'm taking out of this conversation is I want to rewire the vocabulary that I am using personally in my life, not just with myself, but also with others, with my family, with my wife, my kids, and my coworkers, But yeah, especially for myself too, I guess. I want to come back around to that because I really think that the way that I self-talk, the way that I write, the way that I journal really does change the approach that I have Towards the opportunities that are in front of me and how I deal with them and how I appropriately risk and move forward, not without fear, but in courage aside from the fear. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. As you were listening to this, I'm sure you thought of somebody who you know needs to hear this episode. So so go to the show notes for this episode at beyondthetodolist.com slash 226. And there you can find a share button to hit that share button, send it social media, email, whatever the best choice is for you to share that with someone else who you know needs to hear this conversation. Thanks again for listening. I am thrilled to have been able to bring this conversation to you. And with that, I will see you next episode.